Welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov. Today's episode is all about the things that we believe before we've actually launched. And if you're just starting out, this is really for you. If you are in the process of coming up with something that you want to launch as your business, in your business, whether it's a product or a service. So you might be getting ready to launch that first product, or maybe maybe you are relaunching an existing one. I, I don't want to exclude anybody from this. Regardless of what you're planning to release out to the world, you're likely looking to achieve something what we pretty much all want when we're growing a business, and that is income for our families, our lives, to keep our business growing. I mean, it's, it is about the money. Many people I've helped launch usually talk about sometimes even how they, they really just want to make some sort of consistent monthly income with their small business. They're not necessarily saying that they want or don't want a six-figure business. They're actually saying it would be just kind of cool to have a consistent monthly income. I think that's a really grown-up way to be about your business, and it's something that I've definitely said in the past, like, okay, I want to have this much be my kind of overall average per month that the business brings in. So I know it sounds simple, but who else? I mean, have you ever thought of that? Have you thought about like what you want your business to be and how you want it to exist? And usually it's about that consistent, steady, ongoing income that you don't have to struggle for. One that almost feels like, I hate to say it, feels like a paycheck, but it kind of does because you don't have to necessarily, in quotes, worry about it. And we have, you. I mean, if you've read my blog over the past year, I've definitely shared my own story of going from a day job to a side hustle to full-time business. And there's even, I think one of my first episodes of this podcast even, I talked about that. So definitely check that out. And in the show notes, I will make sure uh, that you will be able to click on those very easily. Full disclosure, full, full like, whatever it is when you show everything, <laughs> full kimono open here. This, I'm just talking out a blog post that I recently wrote. And I wanted to make sure that I gave it to you in this podcast format because many of you are on the go, bringing your kids to school, on the way to work, listening to it on the way home, catching up, and not able to necessarily log into a blog, sit down, read through it. There's something easier about listening to audio sometimes. So that's why I did it. Anyways, let's talk about this full-time business getting to that consistent income because it's possible. I want you to know that from my own experience, it, it is possible, but it's not easy to get there. It really isn't. Um, unless you have everything going, there, I mean, there is a, it is possible that it will be more simple for you than it was for me. But for me, it did not happen overnight. And I ran into a ton of resistance along the way. And you might see that you've run into some of these same kind of blocks, these same blocks of like you build a wall, you built it yourself, really. When I started my own journey, I was overwhelmed, but not at first. See, I started by Googling everything to do with online business like a maniac downloading cheat sheets, listening to audio classes, attending webinars. I mean, I was going to webinars a few times a week, I remember. I was always signing up for something. And even now, I when I'm going through like doing like a kind of 
purge of my office, I'll find printouts of these huge documents that I'm like, what is this for? So I've been there. And if you're there now, then you're going to kind of get this. But I literally became obsessed with business, with learning everything I could about business. But what happened is that I started hearing so many options, so many possible avenues. All of them seem certainly very plausible, very real, like they actually worked. And many of them, they obviously do for those people. And I'm not saying they don't work, but basically with all these possibilities, I just couldn't pick the right path. So to make matters worse, so I was like, you know, I was seeking all of this help. Let's say it's in the right place. These are really experienced people, but I didn't know what to focus on. And for someone who generally knows, like me, knows the next steps or isn't afraid to take them, is okay planning a project, knowing knowing what those steps are, dude, this felt overwhelming. I was like, okay, should I do this first? Should I do that first? What? How do I know if like this thing that I'm thinking about launching is the right thing? When is it time to launch? Do I have to wait till there's a thousand people on my list? Do I have to wait till there's 10,000 people on my list? And honestly, can I skip that step? Whatever it is, uh, I honestly was just, I feel like all I was doing during this phase was asking questions, which isn't a bad thing, but what applies to me, what doesn't, what's a funnel, how do I split test, what do I split test, how do you even do that, how do I know what to launch first, when am I ready to launch, I was stuck. And like I said, even though I know and I knew then how to get projects started and finished, and for all kind of intents and purposes, I don't know if that's the exact right way to say it, but I was helping people launch for many years before I came online and I before I started my own business. Um, but it seemed to me like the steps in between for my first product and the first launch were a mystery. Like, I didn't even know how to get to the product. I wanted to make things happen, and I knew I had to take action. But there was literally, like I said, these questions that kept coming up. And I then I, then I had, like, the mother of all questions. Would I really be able to figure this out, or would it be a complete waste of my time? Well, as you can kind of imagine, figuring things out does mean making mistakes. So today I want to tell you about some of those mistakes I made when I started out. Let me say that there are so many ways to go wrong when you start to figure out what and how you should launch something or start your business because the more you know, the more mistakes you can make actually. It's like you know too much for your own good sometimes. And there are plenty, plenty of people out there sharing you sharing with you their take on any topic, launching included, and and that's great. That's great because you can learn something from each people. But, and I hope this doesn't annoy people who are in this teaching people how to get things done, their projects, their launches, but the truth is they're often telling you what they think you want to hear instead of what it takes to actually have a money-making launch. They know, they know that you just want to get launched and you want to make money already. They know that about you. So their solutions are often skewed by that somewhat, which I think is 
is interesting. So we'll we'll get back to that in a second. But let's dive into these three really easy to believe myths. And I, I sometimes go back and forth on them now and I have to remind myself, no, Anne, that's not necessarily the truth, the way that it was maybe described to me. And I want, because I want to help you avoid them. That's what I am here for is to let you know what I've done, what hasn't worked, what has worked, and help you move forward. Plus, I'm not even going to tell you what worked for me. I'm going to tell you what's worked for my clients, the people that have huge audiences, way more than, I, I feel like a tiny, oops, way more than I do. And in fact, have like long time established businesses, they're established leaders in the industry, um, and where where I hope to be someday. But right now, I'm a mini leader, which is good. But you can learn so much because every time I've applied these things to my own launches, to my own business, I grow, right? Okay, so number one, the create an MVP myth. Holy moly. How many people out there talk, like when they first got into this whole world, started hearing about the minimum viable product? I'm sure I have blog posts where I wrote about that being the right thing to do. And one of the first pieces of advice I consumed when getting started was to create a product in a weekend. Now, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I think fast execution is important because I think people do go probably slower than they need to. But I was missing the details on an important step before that creation. And what I know now is that a product comes after the person. And I know some people are like, well, I'm going to create the product and the people will come. I, I challenge you. The people that have created a product and it kind of just looked like they created something and then it did really well, those people know their peeps. Those business owners know their audiences. So instead of starting with a product creation, start with the person. Instead of just answering the, what question do I get asked all the time? Oh my gosh, those questions drive me flipping bonkers. Because just because someone, say, someone asks you questions all the time, that might give you an idea of what people come to you for and what people come to me for. Yes, it gives you some indication, but you got to dig into that a little bit more. you got to give that and see what deeper thing that they are really hoping to solve. Because likely, the thing that they, that they ask all the time isn't the thing they're going to pay for. So just because someone asks me about a topic doesn't mean they're willing to pay for that solution. The question is only the start of a process that I go through even now when I'm launching and relaunching products. Before I focus on the customer first, the idea of creating a, this is like, oh gosh, I'm just thinking back. So before I focus on the customer first, the idea of creating a product, before I switched to focusing on the customer first, the idea of creating a product felt literally next to impossible. I had no idea what to focus on because I had no idea what solution I was even offering and to who. And honestly, I feel like this is what took me so long is because I was trying to think of the right product. And when I went back to the person, the people, the, th- the person who was going to consume whatever it was that I wanted to create or be part of that, 
that's when things flowed a little bit easy, more easily. Now they're way easy because I know that my friends aren't the person to ask, would this be a good product? They might be able to give me some insight since they're somewhat part of my audience, but really, that's not a question for your friends. That's not a question even to rattle around in your head. It's a question to ask the people. So if you're going to create an MVP, make sure you deal and you focus on the people first by helping people, giving them some of the answers, giving them answers to their their surface questions so that you can really find out what isn't the real core of what they're struggling with. Number two, and, and this one's just something that, you know, I think that as creators, there are some of us, and I've been this way before, but I got over it really fast. So I want to say that this is probably the easiest one that I dropped. I was like, oh, snap, this makes everything easier. But back when I was working full-time on a team that launched all the time, actually, no, even before that. So when I was working in animation, the artists were very protective of their work. They would always want to keep it until the very last second. They had to submit it for final rendering. And we had to do, like I've mentioned before, the CBB list. We had to create that list so that they could let go of that. Now, I don't think we were doing it for any woo-woo reasons, but we definitely had to do that so that they knew that there might be a chance they'd have time to go back and fix it. And sometimes they would get a chance. They would be able to like move on, power through some other work. But in order to the, for the, them to move forward, we had to set that CBB list. So highly recommend heading over to the shop and grabbing that because that's, it's just a list. Honestly, it's a list and you assign a date where you're going to look at it again and evaluate whether it really needs to be done, whether it really needs to be improved and whether you, or whether you can just get rid of it. But so I was already kind of used to that helping people let go and move forward. But when I worked on another full-time team online, we launched all the time I discovered something that seemed so surprising to me that people were doing this online. And now even uh, my husband comes home and talks to me about his work and how they keep things moving forward. So I'm, I'm really obsessed with this kind of issue of how do you keep the train moving? Because once it's moving, you can't really back it up. <laughs> Anyways, I discovered, but this was the primary way that this team that I worked on got so much done and we got so much out there. So getting your ducks in a row seemed like a logical path. Finish your product, make sure it's ready to go, all the pieces work, all the emails written, everything should be packaged up before you hit the go button. By the way, if you choose to do it this way, but can execute quickly and know who is for, then I'm all for that. But if you know that you've been delaying a project, a product, or something else for your business for longer than a month, honey, honey girl, honey boy, whatever, it's time to let go. <laughs> okay? A finished product doesn't mean someone's going to buy it. And how heartbreaking is it if you spend four months creating something and then no one shows up for the launch? That sucks. Instead of waiting to share what's coming soon until like everything's perfect and beautiful, how about start talking about the process now? Bring us along for the journey now. Big launches 
in video games, in films, movie, every big industry, very visible industries do this. I mean, how many times have you seen a movie even just show like one clip (laughs) that's not even done um, and might end up on the cutting room floor? Who knows? So also a perfect landing page that says coming soon. I've, I've said before that that's a good thing to have. And yeah, if you can manage that, that's great. But guess what? It's not necessary. Some of the most effective landing pages I've seen are literally an opt-in box over an image with a little bit of copy, nothing crazy, but you could, you don't even need that. You can, there's so many different things you can do, but that's not going to be necessary before you start talking about the product. Also, work doesn't end when you're ready to launch. You should start thinking about the launch as you create your product so that the, so that the creation is now the beginning of the launch process. So back to some of the how, in quotes, a product is created. You don't have to create the product in order to launch it. You only need to know who it's for, what the solution is, and have a clearly defined way that you're going to help people reach that outcome. And also, of course, know what features you're going to include. So this includes even if you're mocking up images of a physical product and its features, even if you're just previewing the content in a blog series, even if you're asking questions in a Facebook group. If I hadn't realized this fact about finishing a product first and then launching, I would have never launched. Fearless launching started with one module completely finished and delivered. The rest of the product was created live or the week before that it was actually delivered for that very first time. And then over the weeks of the course. Now, this is not to say that you, like I said, you can't create everything and then launch. But honestly, I prefer, I prefer that more organic process that starts with a real person, especially as a way to connect exactly with the people who will be using your product to include exactly what they need. Um, Side note here, I will be talking more about this in my upcoming live webinar, which workshop, which is going to be just next week, depending on when you're listening to this. So head over to ansamoylove.com forward slash free dash launch dash webinar, and you will find the sign up page and be able to choose your dates because I'm going to be talking about this in more depth on that. Number three, the final myth that I want to talk about today. So, so far we've talked about the create an MVP myth, which we know if you're planning on doing that needs to start with the people that it's for. That's really what you should be focused on. The, the, who is your customer? That should be your very first step. And then you can create the MVP, but it's not MVP first. Ducks in a row. You don't need all your ducks in a row to launch. Number three, this one is one I fall into the trap to. This is what I have to remind myself over and over again. It's the follow me. I'm a guru launch myth. So when I first learned about launching as it related to online business, I, of course, saw the product launch formula style launches everywhere. You know, Jeff Walker's well-known in the uh, online space, and he has an amazing, crazy amazing program. Totally get that. Totally different from me, though. 
as far as, you know, personality, background, all that stuff, and even what we teach in our programs, because I'm fully aware of what's in product launch formula. So even the B-School launches that I worked on when I first came online, during those first two years of the program, they were structured that way. They still are. But she's added different layers of things, as you may or may not notice. But I've linked to one of my blog posts about that in the show notes so that you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to, you know, follow along. I know that the B-School launch is coming up very soon as well. But anyways, I started to see other ways people were launching successfully. I started managing launches that didn't have even one video. Some launches were just a webinar invite and maybe a simple email series. Sometimes launches started with a free live event or a series of live events. Sometimes people offered a free sample or a free week-long event inside a Facebook group. Sometimes there was a combination of things. Now, of course, since teaching Fearless Launching for like the last four years, I've seen so many different ways that people have gone about it. I'm always excited when I see somebody trying something new that looks kind of like a hybrid of maybe an accepted method of launching. Point is, the main indicator of success for many of these people was not the format. And I still believe that the format is secondary. Remember that one thing as you're creating your content plan for like what's going to happen during the launch. Because it will help you to figure out, okay, you do need pre-launch content that you're going to create. What is, what, is, what is that content going to include? Then once you figure out what the content is going to include, then you can decide if it's video, if it's emails, if it's blog posts, if it's audio, if it's whatever. The message is going to be what is important. Sidebar to this point is that if you know your best format, Whatever it is, like if you're, you know you're a blogger or you are amazing on webinars or audio is your jam, video is your jam, of course, you'll be naturally creating for that format where you feel most comfortable and where your audience is paying attention to you. Even if you know where you shine, I still though challenge you to focus on the message first and communication that needs to happen before you decide on the final format. It will literally set you free, my people, <laughs> if you realize you don't have to do it the same way someone else did it. That's what, that's what did it for me, and that's what it did for me. If I'd waited until I had a full video crew at my disposal and the budget to create polished videos, I would have never launched my first product or fearless launching. And remember all those webinars, launches, blog posts I'd been consuming online? The ones that still stand out to me are the ones that taught me foundational principles of business and encourage me to think for myself and test strategies for myself. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't fallen into the, into the do it this way. Like I recently, like last fall, enrolled in Amy Porterfield's webinars that convert. And the thing that I noticed though is I did try to use her process, but then I also put my own head into it, put my own head and my knowledge of my own audience into it to revise that process so it fit me. We're going to be talking about that a lot more because I think that um, most of the myths that I'm talking about here are myths because of one thing. Um, 
Can you guess what that is, though? I'm just think about it for a second. So let's think it out together, maybe. Even the strategies being taught aren't bad. They did work. They do work for those people, for some. The results those people are having are also likely real. Let's just, you know, put that, that kind of thought of doubt out of that. But the problem is they're missed because they weren't designed for your business. They weren't designed for you. The systems, the done-for-you blueprints, the swipe files, they were created over time for someone else's business. Plain and simple. So if you've ever felt bad that you bought something, followed the system, and your launch just like flopped in your opinion, that's why. That's why you can't just simply do what people online tell you to do to the T, no matter how amazing, respectable they are. You can't copy what someone else did to reach their six or seven figures because there are so many reasons, so many elements to what they did and why the things that they did worked and and a special combination that's unique to them. And back, back to this point from number the myth number three, when we're first starting out and honestly, it just, it keeps rearing its head as you grow your business. We just want something to work when we have something that doesn't work or we're faced with a problem in our business or some sort of mystery about why isn't this working? We just want it to work. It's easy to believe what worked for someone else will work for you. So you follow their own steps. I wanted it to be true too, so many times. But as much as I want Amy Porterfield's webinars that convert to give me a $100,000 webinar campaign, I'm still learning how to do webinars. I'm still, I'm not comfortable necessarily sending every single email that might be sent, or maybe I don't have the time, maybe I haven't made the time to create those. So it's not going to be just like plug and play. Um, But it's definitely, it's a great starting point. Um, But launching is not an out-of-the-box solution. And I say that it it can be, (laughs) but only if it's something you created based on your own audience, your own business, your own data. I mean, we'll get to that later, but very briefly, working, I remember one specific launch where we just sent an email. There was a link to a pay by like an order form. That was it. And we said to ourselves, or I can't remember exactly how we did it, but we were missing. We're like, why did we think that would work? Since we generally send people to a landing page, they must read the landing page and then they purchase. Or why didn't we do a webinar for that? Because when we do webinars, people buy stuff. So you have to create your own solution. Once you have it for yourself, then you get to tweak it and grow it and make it better and better and better. So more than that, like once you have that solution, you're going to realize that it's all about three things or four things, actually. That's more critical, like, and and really you should shift your focus to this instead of worrying about, like, look at those myths, drop them like they're hot 
and then get over to the real deal that's more critical to the launch. And that's planning, preparation, relationship building, and focus. Your ideas won't see the light of day in the way you want them to until you embrace all these four things and or you're doing them consistently. Your strategies won't have a chance even if you're following those best examples. You've got plenty of big launch models to watch. There's plenty out there. And you're naturally going to want to pull various things that you see from those models. Here's the thing, though. You've got to shift to preparation, planning, and that relationship building. Because that's what's going to turn your results around. When you are when you have planned out how something is going to roll out, like as far as what your content is going to be, when it's going to come out, what type of pre-launch kind of event thing are you going to do, like a webinar maybe. When you have planned that out, then you can set to preparing for each phase, get it done, not necessarily all in advance, but when you shift to this mode and then all, all, all the time you're working to figure out who is in your audience, get to know them, get on the phone with them, look for different ways of engaging them. Once you do those things, the MVP model just goes out, the, out of the water because that's going to be really what turns your launches around. That's why you know my signature program, which I've talked about a little bit, but Fearless Launching focuses on the overwhelmed, over-information-brained entrepreneur. Because <laughs> we're all like that, right? I mean, I get there. You'll hear, me, you'll hear more about that soon, but seriously, I actually made it my mission to keep people focused on testing and creating their own way to launch because it's so easy to get sucked into the interwebs. There is no more right way, no more right way, so if I see any of you saying, well, I didn't really have a real launch, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> okay. I hope you're with me on this. And I hope I'm not being too pushy. But the truth is, I kind of hope I am being pushy because it is my mission to get you better results with your launches. Better is what you want. I'm going to nail it in right now. Better is what you want. Growth is what you want. And sure, explosive, amazing, surprising, crazy results are awesome too. But I'm all about progress because progress sticks and is something you build layer on layer on layer in your business and over time and thoughtfully. And I think you might be all about better growth and progress too. Because if you made it far, this far and listening to me like go on and on and on, then I think I think you probably be, might be into that as well. So head over to the blog right now, and I'm going to tell you just go to ansamoylove.com forward slash y dash launches dash fail, and I've got one more assignment for you. That's over there, so you're going to have to go over there to get it. Other thing make sure you also, you'll see a sign up for it. You sign up for the free launch workshop happening on Wednesday and Friday next week. So Wednesday and Friday, 
next week. Okay? Um, so I hope to see you over, over there. I, you gotta leave me a comment. I gotta know that I hit you where it hurts a little bit. And I look forward to see, speaking to you soon. I will be back next week with another episode. And I just can't wait. I'm so excited to see you do the launch your way. Take care.